Luke 16. And uh, there's, there's two stories in here. I hope we can cover both. So why don't we start with verse 1. We're going to read uh, verses 1 to 13. And um, Christian, why don't you just read the whole story? Okay. I think that makes it easier. Now he was also saying to the disciples, There was a certain rich man who had a steward, and this steward was reported to him as squandering his possessions. And he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. And the steward said to himself, What shall I do, since my master is taking the stewardship away from me? I am not strong enough to dig. I am ashamed to beg. I know what I shall do, so that when I am removed from the stewardship, they will receive me into their homes. And he summoned each one of his master's debtors, and he began saying to the first, How much do you owe my master? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. And he said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then he said to another, How much do you owe? And he said, A hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, Take your bill and write eighty. And his master praised the unrighteous steward because he had acted shrewdly. For the sons of this age are more shrewd in relation to their own kind than the sons of light. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by means of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when it fails they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. He who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much, and he who is unrighteous in a very very little thing is unrighteous also in much. If therefore you have not been faithful in the use of of unrighteous mammon, who will entrust the true riches to you? And if you have not been faithful in the use of that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So, John, you're a business major. Mm-hmm. Who else is? Anybody? No. None. Okay. So, John, you're, you're on. Um, I need to understand this parable, and I'm not a business person. Can you explain it to me from a business standpoint? I think because he knew he was going to get fired, he was trying to say to himself, he's like, well, if I can't work as a steward for him, I'll have to earn favor in someone else's eyes. But at the same time, the fact that his master then praised him for dealing unfaithfully with what he owned, that's, that's pretty shocking right there. So, so explain to me what it means by he, he calls each of the master's debtors and he says, okay, you owe 100, write 50. You owe 100, write 80. Well, he's forgiving them of their debt on behalf of his master. Oh, so when they write, the, the word write there means you're forgiven. Yeah, they're, they're writing down their amount. Because back in these days, it's not like now where if you alter a contract, you like rip it up, that's still valid. Back then, if you changed what the contract said, the contract itself changed. Okay. So is he now saying you now owe only 50? Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's what I've always assumed, but I, I wanted to make sure... So, so he changed the contract basically mm. for them. Yeah, he, he was hoping that his master's debtors would like him, so when he was fired, he could work for them. 
which is odd. He could take some of his clients. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a a baffling thing that Jesus would condone this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think one, maybe the crux of it is, though, he calls it unrighteous mammon, Mm -hmm. meaning that probably they were overcharged. No, probably. They did use a lot of unjust weights back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they, well, we get, people don't get overcharged today, do they? <laughs> we say as we sit in the cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should uh, terminate that part of our discussion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it does seem that Jesus is... Um, Allowing for some shrewdness when it comes to the monetary world that we deal with. But what does, he, what, does, what does this all mean in light of verse 13? You cannot serve God in man. I mean, if he's condoning being shrewd in business dealings, mm-hmm. why does he say you can't serve God in man? He's just gotten through saying, and make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon that when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is faith unjust in what is least is unjust also in in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful and unrighteous, man, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? Well, essentially, he wasn't he wasn't serving both masters. He realized that he was going to get he was going to get fired, and so he was trying to find another master. So, so what Jesus is saying here really doesn't apply to him. It, no. You notice the way Jesus words this: an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods, and he doesn't clarify whether the accusation is true or not. It seems that the manager thinks it's true. The steward doesn't defend himself. He doesn't say, no, 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 I haven't been wasting your goods. But then he goes out and it seems like he's correcting it. He's trying to correct his, um, his faults. Like he, now you think he's giving them a just... Yeah, a just one, of the, one of the things I have wondered about this story, when he asks them to write 50 and he alters the contract, is he recognizing the fact that these people can't pay their debts? And by, by altering the contract and saying, well, pay this much, he's saying, he's, he's allowing them to pay at least part of their debt. It's something like what PUC did some years ago. And they weren't getting their loans paid. And so rather than just keep knocking at people's doors and not getting anywhere, they made an offer to people that they would forgive the rest of their loan if they could pay a certain percentage. I can't remember now what it was. And they got a lot of takers, and they got some money out of it. And it actually was worth, uh, cost-effectively, what they did. So it could be something, he's doing something similar here. You know, you're going to, these people can never pay, he may have called only debtors that could never pay, and say, pay at least half, and, and we'll accept that. 
Well, I think that last line, you cannot serve God and mammon. What Jesus is really saying here is you manage money, you manage mammon. You don't let it manage you. Does that make sense in the yeah. rest, in light of the rest of the parable? Was, don't let money be your master. There's also something interesting. These people going off, how he said, like they weren't able to pay their bill. And at the same time, he wasn't telling them otherwise. He's like, you know, if you can't pay it, that's sort of on you at the start. But then when he realized that his master is going to bring an account of him of, like, why isn't money coming in? Then he goes out and tells them, you know, here's a way that you can get rid of your debt. And then that's when, that's when his master's finally pleased with him. What if this, uh, the steward here is representing a gospel worker and the debt that they owe is the sins, and he's saying, you know, you're not able to pay on your own, but here's a way you can have your debt forgiven, and the master in this case would be Jesus. So by offering them a, a repayment plan that they can actually accept. And, and by doing that, they're really giving up their sins. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, can't, you can't do that and not mm-hmm. give up your sins, and not recognize that they're there. Yeah, I like that. And, and maybe Jesus is saying, you know, keep, keep an account. Don't just 